Hey, are you looking to upgrade your key life areas and evolve to a higher level of existence? To practically harness personal growth and spirituality in a crazy, busy, imperfect world? Then you've come to the right place. My name is Prash and this is Urban Spirituality, the show which uniquely fuses ancient wisdom with contemporary self-growth and spiritual disciplines to deliver value-adding tools, traits, and insights to help you unleash your fullest potential. We always keep it real, featuring authentic, unfiltered dialogue with guests from diverse backgrounds to inspire, entertain, and enlighten all who listen. So get ready for your dose of urban spirituality. Be present, and let's dive in. Hey, what's up, guys? Wherever you are in the world, welcome, good evening, good morning to you, our friends in Australia. Good morning, good day. Our friends in the US, good afternoon. Hope you guys are doing well. Parker, big shout, California crew, East Coast crew, Reed and Co. Good to have you guys. Um, listen, this so this session is a part two to the willpower session that I did on Wednesday. And what I did on Wednesday is I wanted to share some insights from my own realizations, from my own mistakes and practices about how we can grapple with willpower because willpower is a challenging thing for all of us. And one of the things that I think for all of us that we need to get better at when we're developing success habits is developing our willpower. So if we're not developing our willpower, that's a problem. And so what we did in the session on Wednesday, the part one, was to deconstruct willpower a little bit. What is willpower made of? What makes up willpower? How is willpower playing out in our lives? And I think all of us have this experience. And by the way, just do us a favor and just chime in, let us know that you can hear me clearly. If one of you guys can just comment, let me know that I'm nice and clear for you. doesn't matter if you can't see me. I got this horrible tan thing going on, but as long as you can hear me, it's all good. Um, willpower, when we deconstruct it, is something that causes so many of us problems because willpower relies on habits. And the two are interconnected very carefully. If our habits have been formed in a way that are negative and distracting and harmful, then our willpower will decline very quickly. Whereas if our habits are strong, they're positive habits, we get a lot of willpower reserved. I explained in the session before that willpower is, our willpower is like a cell phone battery. It's like a mobile phone battery. It has a finite capacity and it starts to diminish as we use it. The more we use our willpower, the more it starts to diminish. And so if one of the key success components in building successful habits and successful routines in our life is willpower, then we need to find out ways to strengthen our willpower. So we deconstructed in the previous session, but what I forgot to tell you, and what I think is really insightful is, studies show that 90% of behavior, 90% at least of our behavior, our day-to-day behavior, is subconscious. It's driven by our subconscious. That's massive. That means that most of us are walking, or should I say sleepwalking through life because we're being controlled on autopilot. I mean, think about the first time that you drove your car, right? In the beginning, when you were learning to drive a car, right? We had to go through the clutch, the pedal, and we had to think, oh, I've got to move the gear stick. I've got to press the accelerator. Oh, I've got to work the clutch. I've got to do this. And your eyes are over the place. Your concentration is, you know, you can't think of anything other than just trying to drive that car, right? And now fast forward 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years for some of us, look where we are. We're driving, driving down the motorway at 70 miles an hour, 
probably on a phone for some of us, naughty, naughty, or drinking a big glass of soda or something. We can still do all this while talking to our friends and juggling and some of us shaving and it's all done while we're on the car, right? It's become so subconsciously driven. Our ability to drive a car has become subconscious. It is autopilot. And so it is with behaviors. Our behaviors start as conscious things that we do, but repetition, conscious and constant repetition of good or bad behaviors causes that to sink into our subconscious. And therefore, when it hits our subconscious, it becomes autopilot. And therefore, so many bad habits, you know, we wonder why we're doing so many things and why bad habits are bad habits. It's because they've gone down into our subconscious and we're just playing on autopilot. And this is a big problem for a lot of people. So I want to share a little bit. Let me do that. Before I do that, let me give a little recap. So the other time on Wednesday's part one of this Facebook Lives, if you haven't seen it, go check that out. We talked about the who, what, when, and why uh, triggers. So we talked about triggers as being those events or those things that cause us to engage in a negative habit. And we talked about the who's, the what's. Like, for example, the what could be, it's what you're doing. For example, some people, for them, when they get in a car, they instantly need to press the radio button. They need to have music. So the getting the act of getting in the car is the trigger for the radio. Some people have perhaps a more unhealthy habit, right? They want to light up a lot of cigarettes when they're at the bar, when they're socializing with their friends. So the friends, the company, the who they're with comes the trigger for them to light up a cigarette. And similarly with why, right? You might be doing it because of an emotional state. If you're in a heightened emotional state and you're stressed out, for example, stress or anger or resentment or guilt may trigger you to eat more to eat naughty things, to reach and grab that thing that you and I shouldn't probably eat. And so these triggers, the who, what, when, and why was what we, re- we looked at and deconstructed in the previous session. So the, the message was that start to look at those triggers, look at those four and start to ascertain where, how, why, and when a bad habit is kicking. It's when is it triggering? When is it kicking in? And to take that step back and be a witness. So we talked a little bit about that. And then the other thing, and I don't recall if you all caught this, but let me just show you this example about willpower because I think it's really, really good. There was a study done uh, where they had a class, students, they split them into two and they had an assignment to do, hard assignment. So for one group, group A, they gave them the assignment, but they also gave them a bot of hot, beautifully, freshly break chocolate brownies. Okay. And then the other group, they gave them the assignment and a bottle of radishes. And they said to both groups, you're going to do your assignments, but don't eat. So the group with the radishes, I mean, like, it's no problem, right? It's a bottle of radishes. The group with the chocolate brownies were obviously affected, assaulted by that beautiful smell. They were distracted constantly. And so at the end of that assessment, they had a time period to do it. The group with the chocolate brownies only accomplished half what the group with the radish did because their willpower had been wasted. It had been diminished. So their concentration, their willpower was down. Whereas the group with the radishes didn't have to use their willpower so much. It wasn't burnt out. It wasn't expended. That cell phone battery wasn't drained so much. And so they had more willpower left to finish more of the assignment. And so it is with our lives. Our willpower is like a cell phone battery. And so what I want to do in this part two is talk about strategies and share at least some ideas that I've come to use, uh, that I've shared with friends and our coaching clients. And we've had some good good experiences 
um, and some controversial experiences, some of the coaching clients. And so I really want to just share some of the lessons we've learned from this in applying this with the people we work with in, in my own life. And so these are strategies that we can use from our day-to-day -day life to conserve that willpower, right? So in a way, what we need to do is learn to protect ourselves from ourselves because it's just like when you go to the supermarket. If you go to the supermarket, and we'll talk about this later, and you just go out and go crazy and buy everything you want, and then you wonder why you know, we're putting on weight or why we're overweight, right? Because you've gone and bought all these things that you love and they're not helping you. They're sitting at home. Discipline doesn't happen in the cupboard. It happens in the supermarket, right? So we'll talk about that in a bit. But let's talk about willpower and the strategies to do this. So what I want to specifically talk about is taking advantage of our tendencies to be lazy. And what I mean by that is most human beings by nature are a little bit lazy. We tend to like the easiest way out, right? Just by nature, humans are designed for entropy, for inertia. We don't want to do the hard way. Building muscle is super hard. The, the body doesn't want to hold muscle. It's metabolically taxing. And so we have to work really hard. And so similarly, to accomplish anything of value, we have to work really hard because otherwise it's um, our willpower has to be used. <coughs> Excuse me. So how can we use our laziness, our natural tendency to be lazy in our advantage, in our favor to conserve our willpower and to actually embrace better habits? A couple of good examples. I'll give you a really good example. One of my cousins had a not a very good habit of stick, staying up late at night and then spending time tucking into something crunchy. And she loves crisps. So tortilla chips. So she would always tuck into crispy things at night. Now we got talking and um, she kind of confessed that she needs something crunchy. And I said, well, what you're really after is the crunchy thing, right? I mean, and she goes, and I like something salty. So, okay. So she likes something crunchy. She's like something salty. So I said, well, why don't we try and find a way to satisfy that with something that isn't so calor calorifically damaging? So I suggested that she try carrot sticks and celery with a bit of salt, right? Himalayan salt, of course. And so she started doing this and, okay, in the beginning, she didn't like the taste because it's not crisp. But after a while, as what happens, the tongue starts to get acclimatized. It starts to get accustomed to that. And so what you get is a situation where you start to get used to it. This tongue started getting used to it. And now when she feels like she wants to snack at night, instead of going for crisps, guess what? She's going for the celery and the carrots with Himalayan salt. Fine. She spices it up sometimes with some peri-peri seasoning. And so this way, what we've done is rather than rather than fight the temptation and resist it, which diminishes the willpower, we've swapped it. And that is the strategy I want to propose to you, that to conserve our willpower, let's use our lazy tendencies to our advantage by swapping the things that we shouldn't be doing for something healthier. So my cousin, she swapped crisps for celery sticks. My own example, right? So there's one thing that has been my Achilles heel for years, and that's dark chocolate, green and backs, dark chocolate, chocolate mint flavor, chocolate orange flavor, you name it. If I eat and if I don't get something sweet, I don't even feel like my dinner's done. Like I have to have something sweet, right? I mean, my senses don't even register it. And so for ages, I would eat large chunks or larger than I should be chunks of dark chocolate. And after a while, I decided I wanted to play around and see if I could change that up. So what did I do? I decided to swap 
the taste for chocolate because it was like the sweet taste that I was after. It wasn't necessarily the taste of chocolate per se. I just kind of needed that sweet sensation. So what did I do? I swapped it out for these guys. You can see these here. These are my uh, xylitol mints. So these are xylitol mints. They're not sugar. They're xylitol. It's a much healthier kind of uh, sugar. And now I just use these. And I just pop a couple of those in my mouth. And the sweet sensation that I was gone wanting was it's gone. It's, it's done. I'm happy. It's, it's all over within minutes. And that sensation that I wanted, that craving is gone. People who like fizzy drinks. Who likes fizzy drinks out here? Any of you guys enjoy fizzy drinks? Obviously, most of us enjoy a fizzy drink, right? Coke whatever it is, Fanta, and you know and I know that those are not the most healthy drinks. Okay, fine, you could have Coke Zero, but even then, you're drinking acid, battery acid swill, as I call it. Why do you want to do that? A lot of times, it's not the sensation, it's not the Coke that you're after, it's not the fizzy drink, it's the sensation of the sparkling water on your tongue, it's that sparkling fizzy taste on the tongue, and that's all it is, it's a, it's a taste fixation that we've got, we just kind of need something, so what can you do? swap out that coke for sparkling water just swap it out so instead of taking sparkling instead of taking coke swap it out for sparkling water excuse me instead of take coke take it for sparkling water and what you can do this way is you can substitute something unhealthy by swapping it out without diminishing your willpower otherwise what happens is you start to diminish your willpower and then before you know it your willpower's wane and you're going to go reach for the chocolate reach for the coke reach for the crisps the things you shouldn't so taking this habit of swapping is a very powerful way to conserve our battery let me also talk about how we can leverage this laziness when it comes to good habit formation so let's say you want to do exercise and say you find it hard to get exercising done simple idea if one of the reasons why you don't do exercise in the morning, let's say you should be walking 15 minutes in the morning or you want to try and get 10 minutes of exercise in the morning, and if you're not doing it, if you know that you've got to get out of bed, brush your teeth, go downstairs, put your shoes on, put your gym gear on, then go out for the walk, by the time you get downstairs, you'll be distracted, right? Oh, let me, let me go that email out. Let me, let me go get ready. I've got to go iron that shit. But instead, if you leave the shoes right by your bedside, well, now... The shoes are right by your bedside. So the moment you wake up, you're programming your brain to look at the shoes and say, ah, shoes are right here. Put the shoes on, get ready, go outside, keep the coat by your, by your bedroom door, right? Shoes, coat, it's all right there. Go quickly, do that. Even before brushing your teeth, go for 10 minutes, come back. And that way it's done. Otherwise, the mom will sabotage you every single time and say, you've got to brush your teeth. You've got to do that. You've got to do this routine. But instead, if you leave them right there, 10 minutes done. Those who want to meditate, maybe use mala, chanting beads. Instead of leaving those shining beads in a temple or an altar or a place somewhere else or your meditation aids, whatever they are, rosaries or whatever, why not leave them by your bed? Why not leave them by the bed so the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you know, forget about half an hour of meditation. You know that you'll do 10 minutes of meditation right there because the meditation aid, your music, your meditation beads, your mala, it's right there. So you can quickly do it. Same thing with reading. I mean, let's say that I know for myself, I had this habit. I, I wanted to read, but I never found time. Every time I wanted to read, something got in the way. And so I started to just leave the book right there by then. I mean, you know what it's like. You, everybody feels like they should read a little bit more. We all know that reading is good for us, fiction or nonfiction, whichever your preference is. We know reading stimulates the mind. It's good for us. But we have to go find a book. We have to download it on our phone, or we have to go somewhere and get it. But if it's ready, it's downloaded on the phone, or the book, better still, it's physically in front of you, right there. So you know when you hit the hit the sack, you're in bed, that book is in front of you, you're going to get 10, 15 minutes of reading instead of looking at the phone. 
and the phone is bright, you know, that blue light's going in our eyes at night. So instead of that, why not just have a physical book? It's by your bed. And that book being by your bed means that you take advantage of your laziness. You don't have to go to a bookshelf to go get that book. You don't have to go and reach out to the library to get it. It's right there in front of you. You can just go grab the book, study, read, whatever you're going to do. Grab the book and just read. It's by your bed. Same thing in the morning. And so I want to I want to also touch on for me I also want to touch on something else which is how do we use how do we use our laziness in such a way uh, that helps us how do we how can we leverage lazy against ourselves to get a good result and let me explain what that what I mean by that you may not realize but most supermarket vendors stock their most profitable items between the waist and the shoulder why? Because that's where we're most likely to reach. That's what statistics and surveys have shown. We're most likely to grab the stuff that's between this region, our waist and our shoulder. If it's any higher than this, the chances of us grabbing that item from the supermarket store, from the shelf, drops by 40%. 40%. That's how lazy we are. It drops by 40%. And so supermarkets and vendors take advantage of this laziness by making the stuff that they want us to buy right in front of us. And what do we end up buying? That's cheap crap that's not helpful for us. Oftentimes, not all the time, but that's what happens. And so we need to leverage this for ourselves. How can we do this? Let me give you a good example. Um, and this is my own example. I used to spend a ton of time way too much time on social media on my phone. I used to just be constantly on Facebook some time ago, and it was always on my phone. And I found it was really excessive, distracting me, you know, stopping me being productive in my life. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to uninstall Facebook from my phone. And so the moment, I, and that meant that once I've uninstalled Facebook, guess what, I have to go to my PC to go and use Facebook, which means I've got to turn my PC on, which means I've got to log into my PC, which means I've got to fire up a browser and go into Facebook and log in. And so it becomes two, three, four, five extra clicks and therefore, I'm taking advantage of my lazy nature by making it harder for me to do the things that I'm trying to give up. Does that make sense? Just make it harder. And that's what I did for myself. Just took it off my phone for a while until I cultivated a habit to be more self-controlled. And that way, I became so much more disciplined than just looking at Facebook on my computer, putting it off and going back. So maybe that's something you could leverage. What about if you're spending too much money sometimes and you shouldn't be? Now, I know some people, maybe not you personally, but there are people out there who might be spending more than they ought to because their credit card's handy and it's in front of them. Here's a cool thing that some of my American friends do. They have this habit of taking their credit card and stick it in the back of the freezer, right, the freezer. And so each time they want to go and they, they're tempted to buy something and take it to shop, they're going to go to the back of the, the freezer, dig out the card in between all the vegetables and whatnot and wait for it to thaw before they use it and so sometimes by the by the time they've grabbed it taken it out rummaged and let it thaw that kind of desire that burning desire to buy that thing is kind of gone and so maybe that's another idea just to take and if you start thinking about this you can come up with really imaginative ways to make those things that are not good for you harder food shopping right i mean if you know that you shouldn't be eating certain types of food a great strategy is don't go to the supermarket on an empty stomach because you're more likely to go buy that. You've seen that. You've heard that one, right? Don't shop on an empty stomach because you're more likely to buy way more stuff than you probably ought to. And some of that stuff is probably not so good for you, right? Far better to go on a full stomach, 
go to the supermarket, maybe go with just a finite amount of cash rather than a card. So that forces you to get just the essentials and not the crisps, the chips, the chocolates, the fizzy drinks. Does that make sense? So make those things that are not good for you harder to do. Using your phone while driving. I'm going to hold my hand up. I sometimes used to do that. And it was a bad habit, especially when I was driving by myself, which is most of the time. And I would once in a while want to reach for my phone. And then I got a Bluetooth headset, so I wasn't using my phone. But sometimes I still was finding that I was using my phone. So you know what I did? I just chucked my phone in the boot. Literally, I just threw my phone in the boot and then I would drive. So that way I'm driving. There's no question of me using my phone. The phone is in my boot, right? So again, I've leveraged something to make it harder for me to do those things that I shouldn't be doing. And that's what I'm going to put to you. Make it harder to do the things that you ought to not be doing. And so those are a few tips I just kind of wanted to throw in and just kind of mix up and share with you. Please share your own ideas. Um, But one thing I do want to say as a parting note is accountability. One other thing that would really help is making this accountable. Make it public, right? If you're going to try and eat less or give up naughty foods or give up smoking or whatever particular thing you want to give up and you know that you have a finite amount of willpower and you're going to apply these strategies of making it hard to do the naughty things, make it easier to do the good things like leaving your shoes by your bed for gym training, etc. It would be doubly helpful if you can announce it. Be public about it. Put it on your social media. Tell your family or your loved ones that you're going to do this and get them to start holding you accountable. And that's what we do in our Urban Spirituality Mastermind Tribe membership group. That's what we do. We hold each other accountable so we know that we're going to start to keep tabs and crack the whip if our fellow teammate or partner in crime in the membership group in the mastermind group is slacking we'll pull them up and being accountable and holding one ourselves one another accountable is such a great tool because it helps us to start to stay in track of this going to bed have an accountability partner waking up early have an accountability partner so start embracing the idea of having an accountability partner if you want to find out more about the accountability group that we run our mastermind tribe give us a shout pm me and i'll tell you all about it but really the message in conclusion is Recognize willpower is limited. It is a finite resource like a mobile phone battery and start to use these tools and take advantage of A, learn to swap those things rather than resist and burn out your willpower. Swap the bad thing for a healthier thing. Swapping a packet of crisps for a carrot stick. Swapping fizzy drinks for soda. Swapping something. Swapping watching TV and Breaking Bad or what Game of Thrones for reading and reading to infuse your mind. So start swapping the lower for the higher. And secondly, start to leverage our laziness for our own good by starting to make those things that are not good for us that much harder to do. Remember the example of the supermarket. People do it to us. We need to do it on ourselves. I hope that's been really helpful for you. Really look forward to sharing more. If you like this, and if you want me to cover a particular topic, I'd really love to hear what topics you'd like me to hear. In fact, let me make that as a request to you guys. I mean, I'm sharing stuff that's relevant in my life that I feel has been helpful to our coaching clients and people we coach and mentor. But you know what? I'd love to hear from you. And maybe you have an area in your life that you'd like us to cover and just share some insights. And it would be great to do so. So please share your thoughts. Let us know what topics you want to have covered or areas you want to address, areas and pain points or challenges that you're grappling with or goals that you are aspiring for, but you find that you've got blocks. And 
maybe we'll do some lives on it. Maybe we'll do some talks and we'll have this kind of conversation and let's see if we can make some breakthroughs and insights. I really hope that's been helpful for you. Don't forget to join our Mantra Therapy page. If you're not already a, already a member, facebook.com forward slash mantratherapy.co.uk soon to be renamed to Urban Spirituality. And also check out our Mantra Therapy Urban Spirituality group through the same page. Go join us and we'll make sure in that group we're helping to support one another and put positive messages and vibes out. Don't forget to check out our podcast, Urban Spirituality. i got to say these things because they are so helpful. The kind of effort we put in to bring good quality guests and curate content that's going to be helpful. It's our passion. It's my passion. It's my love. Um, so please, Take advantage of these things. Share them with some friends. Leave us your comments about what you'd like to hear next. Thanks for your patience. Prash, peace out. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And as with all our episodes, found something to inform, inspire, and empower you in your personal and spiritual journeys in life. As always, feel free to leave a little love through your ratings and comments. Subscribe and share it with those you care about. And take your personal and spiritual evolution to the next level by joining us on one of our unique events, workshops, or retreats, or taking advantage of our personal and professional coaching packages. Find out more about us at mantratherapy.co.uk. I'm your host, Prash K. This is Urban Spirituality, and we will catch you on the next episode.